0: Hi guys, and welcome to our podcast, part two. You've never heard part one because we ditched it and re-recorded it.
1: Never hear part one.
0: Nope, but my name is Faith. I'm Lisa. And you are listening to Twisted Tales, a true crime podcast.
1: Well, Faith, after some debate, uh, I took the the first one. I basically stole your idea.
0: Yeah, there was there was no debate. It was uh, hey, we should do the podcast. And I tried to get you excited about it, and you stole the one I wanted, but that's okay. I am not
1: a thief. I simply just got there first. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I am going to start this one out. Uh we'll tell you a little known story that happened pretty close to where we all live. And um just hope you guys will bear with us. Some of this gets really, really ugly. Um, I'll be sure to warn everybody before we get super into the details. Um, So here we go. I am going to start with the victims' names, and uh, we'll uh, keep going. So Chris Newsom and Shannon Christensen. Chris was a 23-year-old carpenter, and Shannon was a 21-year-old college student. Correct. Yeah. So both young adults both loved by their family and friends, and both had their entire lives ahead of them. Uh, Chris and Shannon had recently started dating. They were introduced by a mutual friend. Uh, at the time they met, Chris was working full-time, and Shannon was a student working two part-time jobs. And her graduation, uh, she was getting ready to graduate with a master's in sociology. Which is the study of people and society. Yeah, pretty pretty glamorous. So, I saw a lot of the photos of the two of them, and honestly, they were really a cute couple.
0: They were adorable.
1: They really were. Um, On the night of January 6, 2007, their newly found happiness would come to a bitter end. Like a horrific end. So, with that being said, I'm going to go through a little bit of the trigger warnings. Uh, Rape in every possible way. Sodomy. Mutilation of a corpse, torture, and murder. So January 6th was just a pretty typical day for two young adults. Uh, Chris spent the day uh, golfing with his best friend. Of course. And Shannon was with her best friend at uh, her best friend's apartment. And the plan was for the two of them to meet up at Channon's uh, friend's apartment for the two of them. And they were going to get some dinner and meet, meet back up with all of their friends. At a uh, birthday party, I believe. Um, that night, Shannon told her friends that Chris was on the way and they were going to go get food or whatnot. And they'd meet up with them at the party later on. And so naturally, she, uh, Shannon's friend took off. Nobody wants to be a third wheel.
0: No. No. not even close. Especially now with the new couple. Right? That's the worst. That's no. No, just gross. <laughs> anyway, where's that at? Fred left. They were going to get food. She was waiting on Chris. Waiting
1: on Chris. Um, So, Chris arrived. And they ended up hanging out inside the apartment for a little uh, little bit, doing their own little thing. And um, this account, at this point, was given by uh, one of the criminals as to what what he approached. Uh, Reliable source. Well, I mean, honestly, there's really no way of knowing what took place from beginning to end. So, a lot of it you know, some of it makes sense. Some of it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, but he claimed that they pulled up to the apartment complex. And the, the goal was to carjack them and take, uh, Shannon's car. So when they pulled up, uh, two men got out of the car and rushed Shannon, who was sitting in the, uh, driver's side seat. And Chris was standing like inside the doorway, You know, he said they are probably, like, kissing or hugging or... Couple things. Yeah. New couple things. College couple things. Yeah. Um, They forced, uh, they rushed them at gunpoint and forced them into the back of the SUV. So, uh, at this point, her truck is being taken over um, by these two men. And the third man was driving the other car they arrived in. Back to this house on Trippin' Street. Okay.
0: So, we'll... we'll When you carjack someone, just out of curiosity, typically you just jack the car if that's the...
1: You know, uh, I thought that's why they called it, like, a car jacking.
0: It's not kidnapping. Kidnapping is when you take someone against their will, which is... That's
1: what happened.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. We're on the same page. Continue.
1: All right. So... Meanwhile, uh, at the party that Shannon and, and Chris were supposed to show up at, <clears throat> their friends were starting to wonder, like, where are they? Okay.
0: You know? Obviously. Normal
1: things, right? Uh, so they start texting their friends. You know, Channon texted her or Channon's friends texted her. Chris's friends texted him. Him. And they're like, you know, hey, guys, where you at? We're waiting on you. All that good, fun stuff. And they got absolutely no reply from Chris or Channon. Um, you know, for Channon's friends from what they had testified uh, during some of these trials was that's just not typical for Shannon, especially to not respond to a text message from her best friend. So um, the next morning, uh, Shannon didn't show up for work. And so her boss called her parents, which I'm going to stop here and just say, like, when you know somebody and you have a character like that, like, a guy who's like, dude, no, this is not like her. I'm just going to call her parents and make sure everything's okay. Like, just to check up on somebody is a good thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, this is kind of odd. <coughs> I- I'm just going to make sure everything's okay. You know, She could have gotten to a wreck on the way to work. And anything could happen. Yeah. So, kudos to that guy for just... Actually not, being not proactive. Just, yeah, not saying, oh, well, no call, no show, you know. Well, and I was going to say,
0: it goes to her character to think that... She's not a no-call no-show cuz some people when they don't show up to work you're like, "Uh, oh, it's a Monday." Mm-hmm. They don't ever come to work on Mondays. Right. So, she's reliable. Right. A-
1: a- appearance sake, she is more than likely reliable. That is correct. So, uh her mom actually was the one that had answered the phone. She was like, "You know, I haven't heard from her either. I called her a few times. She still hasn't responded to me." So, she when she hung up with uh Shannon's boss, uh, she called Chris's parents. Chris's parents were like, "Now we haven't really heard from him either, but that's not abnormal—not to hear from your, you know, 23-year-old son, who's just, you know, out living his life." Um, you know, but in 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 their guts, they just kind of felt like someone, right? Um. So when Shannon's friend got back to her apartment, she noticed that Chris uh, Chris's truck was still there. Okay, but Channon's SUV wasn't so everyone started to freak out a little bit because it just wasn't like them to just sort of disappear. And not you've not heard from them. Now it's been almost 12 hours, which really doesn't seem like that long. But, you know, it, it, when you're just used to a certain...
0: <laughs> I was going to say, but when you know, I mean, it all goes to character and how close. Like, if if I went 12 hours without talking to my parents, especially back in college... 21 my mom would have an APB probably (laughs) some kind of hidden tracker that she's installed within my skin activated and she's going to find me right like especially if it's over because 12 hours it's overnight yeah so while they were a new couple obviously they're close to their family they're Mm -hmm. close to their friends and everyone has said they didn't show up where they were supposed to show up there's there's too many trigger and flat red flags coming up for them not to know something is
1: going on something's out of the ordinary right exactly um so both sets of parents did what they felt like they needed to do and they started calling around to hospitals and jails just out of you know not they weren't like bad kids or anything but you know you get pulled over whatever mouthy or something It, it doesn't matter either way they were just trying to find these kids correct um again Kudos to those parents because they just jumped into action and they, you know, they tried to file a person report, but they were only gone for like 12 hours. So the detectives like, you know,
0: got to be the 24
1: hour mark. I know. I hate that. You know, I do, too, because I just feel like, you know, they say it's, it takes 48 hours really before somebody like what disappears or any, you know, it's the finding finding them alive.
0: Correct, but hours. I was but if gonna you can't say file it's. A report. Well, they say like the first few hours are the most like crucial in getting anybody back alive. Right. I don't remember the hour mark, but it's. I thought it like, was
1: something like forty-eight. I could be totally wrong. I don't
0: know. I thought it was like a. I thought it was a smaller window. It could be forty-eight hours. But those first few hours, getting boots on the grounds to try to talk to and recreate a timeline with fresh eyes, because good lord, yeah. eyewitness to- testimonies are horrible. Yeah. So the twenty-four hour rule. I mean, in some cases, I get it. If you're a frequent runaway, if you've got substance abuse problems, if you are kind of a, a no-call, no-show type of person, yeah. sure. But if you're a reliable, you're always where you're supposed to be type of deal, you call and let people know. Because this case started in, what, 2007? Yep. So, cell phones are a thing. Yeah. It's not like they couldn't. It's not like, you know, it's, you know, the 1980s where they have to go find a pay phone. They could have sent a text or made a call and said, hey, I'm, I'm spending the night here. I'm going here. Yeah. So, if it's completely was, out which of the was ordinary,
1: for, for at least her to say that to me.
0: Yeah, I, I just hate because the 24 hour rule. At that
1: role. point, she was still living at home because, you know, she was a college student. She didn't want to do the dorm life. She definitely didn't want to pay for an apartment downtown. Good Lord, no. You know? Um, so, just saving money, she just lived with her parents till she was going to graduate. So, which is kind know, of typical in East Tennessee. Was, yeah, it is typical in East Tennessee. But it's also typical for them to call and say, hey, mom, I'm, I'm going to stay at, you know, whoever's house tonight or. You know, this, this is a plan. Or at least lie. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, if you are going to have a sleepover with your boyfriend, you don't want your parents to know.
1: Because of the respect no, issue. Is really?
0: Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> when I was 21, heck no, I wouldn't want my parents to know anything like that. I mean, I was was I was I was a good girl, but still. Right. If you're going to do that, you, you lie and say, I'm going to spend the night at, you know, Mary Sue's house. Right. And at least let them know so they're not looking. Because like, if they like start it, looking it, for you, then they're going to catch you. It's like
1: you lived high school in your college years like yes i
0: did yes i did let's not okay i'm a sorry i had a complex and i still have it to this day over 30s close to 40 where i need to please my parents and it's i'm gonna say it's a respect issue so let's just move along and quit making fun of me because you were like 10 when you started disobeying and being a horrible person
1: uh first of all i'm not a horrible person move on i'm a delight
0: we're talking to that's my phrase not yours let's let's talk about Shannon.
1: Fine. Anyways, so uh, no, no missing pop, uh, no missing persons report filed. Uh, the detective pretty much told the parents, like, if you want to go look for him yourself you again, which I would, yeah, and it- that's exactly what they did. And in fact, um, both sets of parents knew cops at that time um, who, after they got off their shifts, actually went to help. Good. So. You know, I think that
0: back to the twenty four hour rule, not to really harp on it because I have and I've not gotten off my soapbox yet. But it's gotta be frustrating for certain cops too. Yeah. Like, A, if they know the victim, like in that case, you know that's gotta drive them insane. But B, if they're looking at these people who are like, This is out of their character, look at all this stuff, you know that they wanna be able to do more, but it's it's it's, it's just, just a, literally out of their control. Yeah, it's out yeah. The whole twenty four hour rule is stupid. Uh, We've established that. I will get off my soapbox. Continue. Yeah,
1: that horse pretty good.
0: Yeah, I've, you
1: couldn't beat it anymore. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. It's all good. It's all good. All right. So, uh, Chan's dad, very proactive, turned around, started calling um their phone provider. And they were like, hey, can you ping her cell phone? Such a good idea. And so, they, <laughs> they did get um, like a last known over by a certain tower on uh, Cherry Street. Which, if and you're not like, familiar
0: with the Knoxville region, Cherry street is not the best street like no, no. that's not where a twenty one year old good girl should be pinging from
1: right I'm just gonna and it's, say it's, you know it's you know i mean every every city, every state has one it's it's just it's the red light district that's where if you want drugs, that's where you go. If you're looking for a hooker, that's where you go, and um you know every every place has them they're there, but uh. It's not really a typical scene that most people will go hang out at, especially at their age. And in
0: 2007. And in 2007. It was a lot
1: worse than. Right. So they searched. They uh, All took out like search parties. The detective uh, met up with them and he was like, if you find the truck, if you find anything, call me immediately. Don't touch anything. You know, just being a typical cop. But also... friend yeah so they searched for hours and finally her dad of all people channon's dad found her truck he called the police and with within minutes there were cops everywhere and despite her truck uh her jacket in the truck but
0: hold on pause they found the truck they found the truck so the uh, just to recap Mm -hmm. this is a planned carjacking yes That they took the people, also a.k.a. kidnapping, and they disposed of the truck, which they were carjacking. Yeah. We didn't hit on that the first time we recorded this. That was super bad. No. So why would you you say it's a carjacking when you leave the car, like you dumped the car? What are you going to do, claim the insurance on something that's not yours?
1: Well, maybe some people will... You know, put put two and two together at some point. I don't really know.
0: Okay, sorry. I,
1: no, you're. You are did not I didn't hit that. I that didn't is even. A valid void.
0: Okay, continue.
1: Uh, so, despite uh, Janet's <laughs> jacket being in the car, the the car looked like it had been wiped down. And so the cops, based on her jacket being in the car, decided to just go ahead and impound it because you know they they had to treat it like it was just an abandoned vehicle. Correct. But if they impounded it, they could search the truck.
0: And pound away.
1: There you go. So, um, that Monday morning, a uh, passing train engineer saw a smoldering something on the side of the tracks that looked like a human. Duh. So he called it in immediately. Um, Chris's body was found nude. About 80% of his body was burned. Jeez. uh but one of the te- the detectives that got called to that scene pretty much identified him right off the bat like he knew it was Chris they had grown up together. Oh that's and, horrible. Um, yeah, he was like a family friend or or something like that, but I mean it's, you know, it's a typical country type knit, you know, everybody knows everybody. And so uh the detectives was were called to the uh to the scene and they had to start processing but at this point once they identified it as Chris they knew Shannon was somewhere like not not good No. so now the main focus for all the law enforcement was find Shannon quickly because
0: but it's not like they're any further in the investigation if he's pretty much I mean what, you said eighty percent was burned? Yeah. So it's not like he's gonna have a lot of clues or evidence. There we go, evidence. Yeah. On his on his personage. No. He doesn't and have his clothes on. That
1: is um you know, we'll we'll I'll get into more details about autopsy because really uh based on on the scene that they found, they they had no idea what, what it happened. During the time <laughs> But uh, Channon's truck that had been impounded was being searched at that point. And they found a an envelope, and uh, they found fingerprints on it. Nice. Yeah, not, not hers. I was going to say. Not, no, not even close. So they ran the prints. Turns out to be an ex-con who recently just got out of jail for what? I'm going to say,
0: I want to say rape, but I'm going to no. go with carjacking. Carjacking.
1: And I'm talking, like, less than eight weeks.
0: Excellent. Right? Is he not meeting with, like, a parole officer or something?
1: I, we don't know. I don't really know how that works, you know. Okay. He was p- clearly rehabilitated when they when they let him out, so.
0: Well, he learned to take the people with the car this time. It, well,
1: yeah, apparently. I'm just, you know, molding as we go. Um, so that's that's kind of how they got, uh, you know, onto the track of wh- where they needed to go next. So, They got the address to LaMarcus Davidson's home. They stormed the house and they found a plastic garbage can upon entry to the house like right inside the kitchen wedged between a kitchen table and the wall. And um, when they opened it uh, Jennings was inside the bin. So now we're going to get to the uh i'm gonna i'll name out these five uh individuals kind of give you a little bit of relation i'm not going to give you a whole lot of background because truthfully i don't i don't think they even deserve my breath to talk about but we're going to anyways uh lamarcus davis was the ringleader or Davidson. sorry uh letalvis cobbins that was lamarcus's brother vanessa coleman which was cobbins's girlfriend eric boyd davidson's friend and um George Thomas, which was Cobbins' best friend. Now there are I just named out five people. Yeah. So we went from finding the, the fingerprints of one man and after all of this ugly little ball unravels, it turns out that there were five assailants that that took part in, in these murders. So that being said, guys, we're going to start in with, with the trigger warnings I was talking about earlier. I'm going to start going through, jumping around kind of uh, in trials and what they found in these trials. And it's it's pretty horrendous. <sighs> so, uh, LaMarcus, which was the ringleader, in his defense, or defense, he said that uh, they came to him for drugs. The- the- the people he carjacked, Yeah, okay. His his main line of defense was that he did not carjack them, that uh, they they voluntarily walked into his home and they were there to purchase drugs. He doesn't know what happened. Now,
0: okay, back to um just common sense. Yeah, if you're a drug dealer and you have people coming to your house to buy your product, any kind of salesperson and you kill those people, repeat business is going to not be a thing. And I'm assuming that's kind of where they make their money is.
1: like yeah, yeah, people okay. that continue to come back. But I think I think more or less he was just trying to say, like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, I've okay. seen them that night. I, I'm
0: going to admit to being a drug dealer, which is illegal, so obviously I would admit to this other crime too. Right.
1: Okay. So uh, it's, it, I mean, his whole case was so irrelevant anyways. There, there was DNA. There were fingerprints on everything he touched when he was... Yeah, if they came to his house. Why is his the envelope with his fingerprints in their car? Yeah. Okay. I didn't say there were bright people. <sighs> yeah, I, I honestly like, wonder about the people that were defending them who went to school for years and years, and they thought, this is a great defense. <laughs> completely, completely.
0: Fantastic.
1: So, um... You know that was the that was like the, the kind of basics to to his trial that and that oh poor me victim mentality like yeah, I I had this horrible childhood and I you know my mom was an addict I got kicked out of my house when I was younger I you know this and that and I had to live with my aunt but because he's the one I pity in this situation Oh, yeah, yeah Chris
0: was found naked and burned to death on a railroad track and you said Shannon was in a bucket yes. of, a, a large a
1: bin a bin. A bin. But let's
0: yeah, okay. Okay.
1: Uh, so skip down to Latalvis Cobbins, who is Davidson's brother. So his testimony was more like widely noted because he was the only one out of the five who actually spoke for himself at the trial. Oh. Nobody else would take the stand and try to defend themselves with
0: Well, because it's a lot of lies to keep up with at this point. It really is. We're carjacking, but we're kidnapping. We're carjacking, but we're leaving the car. (laughs) We're not carjacking because they're coming to buy drugs, which I'm just going to say, even if they went to buy drugs, that doesn't excuse. There's never any kind of reason that
1: you should be submitted to what they were submitted to. There's no no good reason. No, I I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's totally, like, the whole thing was just so irrelevant. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess I feel like people always have to have some kind of a reasoning behind why somebody would do that. So, like, during these trials with the whole, like, bad mom, you know, no dad or wh- whatever, like, they're trying to rationalize and wrap their head around what could possibly make somebody do something like that. But you can't make sense else.
0: of – you. It's, it's like I, I say about – an acquaintance of ours will say you, you can't think logically about an insane person. Mm-hmm. The crazy person. Mm-hmm. You can't make sense of, of when people do awful, horrible things and murder and rape and pillaging. You can't make sense of why they do that.
1: No. Evil's evil. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like, there's, you know, there, there's no or re- reason for evil. It just is. But <sighs> I digress and we'll, we'll jump back. <clears throat> in. So, what Collins uh, Cobbins is Trial was really rough to watch. Um, when he took the stand and he was doing his recount of what had happened, um, starting from the night his was the testimony that he said, This is what I pulled up on, this is what my brother and Eric Boyd did, this is how they were standing, blah blah blah. He's you know basically through the whole thing. He so just, he took the stand just to say
0: it wasn't me, and I, I was there, well, but.
1: You're, you're not gonna like where i'm going okay so, continue after they did all of the ran all the you know rape kits and everything on <sighs> the kids bodies pretty much anything uh on chris was inconclusive because again they set him on fire yeah um but uh you know they still could prove that he was raped and sodomized Gosh. but there was still dna everywhere with with shannon and, uh, they found DNA on her shirt. And that was at that point because Calvin's like original, when he was telling the cops what happened, like all that's recorded. So he's like, I, you know, I didn't see anything. I don't know. I just, you know, I, my brother was tripping and this and that. And no, I never touched that girl. I never did anything to that girl. And, um, you know, which is all honky donkey until the DNA results came back. And it turns out it was his, you know, sperm basically that was on her shirt. So then he retracted all the statements and on the stand as he is giving his testimony with their parents all in the room in front of God and everybody. He said, and I quote, she offered me oral sex so that I would talk to LaMarcus about letting her go. I wish that we could put
0: like just a little blip of her father's face at that exact moment
1: gosh, dude! You, dude! You don't even know. You don't even know. <sighs> so, we will jump around again a little bit more, and I'm going to discuss a little bit more. We'll we'll get back to Cobbins in a minute. I'm going to jump down to Eric Boyd, okay? Who at this point was was solely being detained um, by the cops because there was really no presence of him at the crime scene anywhere. And they they thought him a witness at this point. And I'm gonna guess that's not the case, no, but let's find not, not out. Not the case. One of his boys threw him under the bus. Good. And he uh, that was actually George Thomas, who uh, told him or the court basically that uh, Eric Boyd was part of the carjacking. Not only was he part of the carjacking, but he was the one basically responsible for everything that happened to Chris. And so. Uh, like i said uh, chris was sodomized he was raped he um i think they said that it could have possibly been a uh, broken chair leg or something like that that they sodomized him with oh and they and now like see here's the, like the weird part of all this is just like so much time elapsing and and all of these stories that like okay so did that go on in the house did that happen you know, when they took him to where he died is this, you know, like nobody knows, but I don't see somebody just walking around with a broken chair leg. Like I would assume it happened. It happened when they brought him back to this house on Chipotle Street.
0: Can you imagine being Shannon in the other room, terrified, not knowing what's going to happen, but you can
1: hear his screams. Well, see, that's, that's main, main part of why we named this, what we named this. It's because during all, a lot of these testimonies, they, they didn't hear anything.
0: Nobody ever hears anything.
1: Nope. Didn't, didn't see or hear a word. <sighs> so, uh, George Thomas threw Boyd under the, uh, under the bus and, uh, basically said that he was the one that brought, um, Chris down to the railroad tracks. And, uh, George was also with him, by the way. He just took part in nothing. Like, they just, he was forced to go by, by, um, uh, sorry, LaMarcus forced him to go um so you know he was witness to all this but you know he didn't participate like you know <laughs> also didn't call anybody or run run yeah run
0: it's downtown knoxville you run you can't detain two people at one time if you're only one person right, it's
1: Not even that man like run any part of like the railroad tracks with the exception of when it's going through like a major all of it runs through woods boyd would not have been able to find him I don't
0: know I don't go in I don't do outdoors, really I know I don't do downtown because it terrifies me. I don't know where to park There's a lot of one way streets. I get confused easily. I end up crying
1: I know swimming sweet, legs, sweet, swimming.
0: yeah, pretty much I'm an indoor person. I mean we're outdoors recording this because we have two mongrels inside that are our children um and they're with my poor husband we, we have
1: a we have better look out here
0: but yes, yeah, but y- run. I mean, even if I was, you run, scared or not, you run. So, and no, like, you're not You're not being held even, against your even will. Even
1: just like for, you know, just for fun's sake, let's say, Boyd threatened to shoot him. Right. Run in a zigzag. Right. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, if you just saw what they did to Chris.
1: Well, he, what likely Boyd did. Likely. Unless like, you were participating.
0: But if you're going with a story, he is held against his will. He is right. a poor, okay. pitiful captive. Right. And you're Force being gun dr- point forced too. to gunpoint. Yeah. You can't hold. One, I mean, a, a, sure, you could have a gun in both hands and point it to both of them. But if you just saw it happen to Chris, and it hasn't happened to you, you got to think. Yeah. Zigzag run. Worse comes to worse, it's it's a slower death than what poor Chris had to live through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Somebody called BS on that. I would have to agree. Um. So they take Chris down to the train tracks. It's it's George and Boyd again. George's recount, and they made him walk down there barefoot. Barefoot. He was bound. He was blindfolded. God, and the uh, worst. After they get him down to like whatever spot they picked or whatever, they shot him twice in the back. And, of course they did. Yep, and then he wasn't dead yet, but he like fell to his knees. And so they put the gun to his the back of his head, like execution style.
0: I would like to say back to Exhibit A, he's not a good shot when he shoots the other guy twice in the back. If you're being held against your will,
1: run in a zigzag. There you go. So after they shot him in the back of the head, I guess that wasn't fun enough for him. So um, just again, (laughs) on such a pre uh, non premeditated case like this, all just happened. uh, They had gas cans apparently, and so they. They dumped the gas cans on him and they they set him on fire. And uh um, But he
0: was he was at least deceased at this point. Yes. He was to thank my knowledge God.
1: deceased when, when they did that.
0: Um I mean I'm not thank God George's, that he's dead, but thank God that he was not alive when they set him right. on fire.
1: No, absolutely. Like I said, guys, this is savage and it's it's just so pointless. I I, just, I don't get it. Um with that, Boyd uh, received life in prison. Good. Um, with that, that fun little note. Lamarcus uh, wound up with uh, death penalty and life in, in uh, prison. <clears throat> because, you know, it's two different trials or whatever. So, like, what happened with Shannon? And then, again, what happened with Chris? So, I'll turn my attention over to Vanessa Coleman. Which was the lone female in this case Um, during her court trials or whatnot? They um, they were going through the the autopsies of both Chris and Shannon, and during one of hers, which I didn't know this uh, at the time, but one of the assistant medical examiners started crying when they were going through. um, That's
0: got to be just an awful job. Somebody that's
1: even yeah. I mean, I can't I couldn't even imagine like some of the things that they revealed during this woman's testimony about the, the autopsy that she had performed. And um, during Collins' trial, the assistant prosecutor, when they were going through all this uh, on, on what had happened, um, she passed out. Jeez. Yeah. And her parents had to listen. His
0: parents, both of their parents. Had to listen. Every
1: single one of the trials.
0: Every single one of the trials. So five, five trials, times. they had I mean, to sit there, there and... They to their kids
1: over and over and
0: over. Oh. Yes. Yeah. You have to die inside just a little more each time.
1: I, I can't even explain to you, because they they show some of these, the videos of the trial on uh, YouTube. Because, this, like I said, guys, this was a huge case in Tennessee. Um, lesser known, really, uh, publicly... But in Tennessee, like, it rocked everybody's world. And they were like, how, how does this happen? Um, uh, again, I digress. But, um, so, Vanessa Coleman, when she was first uh, taken in by the police, basically just kept saying over and over again, like, I don't know anything. I, I didn't hear anything. Um, I never saw Chris. I, I never saw any, you know, just basic you know, you're here for an entire weekend and you saw and heard nothing. And Colbin's actually had said the same thing about Chris. He said, I never saw what happened to Chris. So nobody in like...
0: And we're not talking about a big house. No, I'll get there. Okay.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. This is, like I said, these... Her... uh, Latelvis's... I got a lot of the information that I got for this podcast was over his trial because, like I said, his was the most reprehensible, I guess, for lack of a better word. They didn't really air a whole lot on Lamarcus. Everybody knew he was guilty. Like, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it was this guy. Okay. Yeah. Like, we knew he was the ringleader. We knew he did the whole thing. Like, basically, you're... Whatever. So... Um, wow, man, I lost my train of thought again.
0: We we're, were talking about, yes, the sweet, sweet girl that heard nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are were brutally oh, yeah, murdered. They,
1: they were saying um, that neither of them had seen Chris, which was a lie, it turns out, because they were all sitting in the kitchen. Shocker. Lies. When, when they drugged the the kids in in the first place. Good night. So, um, Vanessa goes to her, her trial, her first trial, and I'll say first for a reason, because, again, nothing about this is okay. Um, first trial comes around, and they... They've got her on what they, what they call uh, criminal responsibility, where that's all they have to do to prove that she, her guilt is to prove that she was, in fact, criminally responsible for what happened to these two kids. Because she could have helped. She could have made a phone call. She could have left. Yeah. Well, it comes out during her trial that um, she had actually been alone with the victim. For which, which victim? Shannon. In the house. Nobody was there. <laughs> Tell her. And uh, she was alone with her like 45 minutes to an hour, something like that.
0: That's enough time to get help
1: or let her escape.
0: Yeah. Or say that she, you know, ran away. Yeah. Punch yourself in the face and yeah. let her escape and say she attacked me.
1: Yeah, Like, hey, give me a quick jab before you go so I don't die. Yeah, something. Yeah. But that is not what happened. Of course not. Um, again, bouncing back up to the other trial, Cobbins said that it was... That all the guys left him and, and Vanessa, so he was now claiming that he was in fact alone with, uh, with Channon. During his statement, he had said, uh, he said anywhere between forty five minutes to an hour. The first time, they all left. So now we're looking at multiple times where both of these people were left alone with with Channon, and nobody did a thing. Nobody heard. A
0: now, thing. isn't remind me. Latavis is the one that she offered sexual favors to yeah. to talk to supposedly. Yeah, while well, his
1: girlfriend was in the next room.
0: But if he was alone with her and he was such an upstanding citizen that he would talk to his friend, why would he not let? Why would she not offer then, when they're alone? Let me go.
1: Really? I mean, if we're gonna and go that was with another, the, that was like another like major part to Vanessa, uh, Vanessa's statement is that um, you know, Chana never said anything to her. Never, never asked for help. Never, nothing.
0: Of course after, not. After
1: all the screaming that was already going on in this house, Jenna never made a word.
0: Well, if I was kidnapped and blindfolded and shoved into a room and heard my boyfriend screaming hysterically, I would probably sit there absolutely silent after I heard the door shut and obviously no one's there. Yeah. I would scream my bloody head
1: off. So she was bound um, with her hands like tied in front, but they tied her on an air mattress with both of her feet. I'm like reenacting it, like anybody can. Like see what I, I'm you doing. know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't know. gonna
0: make fun of you, but yeah. Okay. No one can see you. We turned off the video because we don't like to see our fat faces on the screen. Who
1: are you calling fat? Not you. <laughs> Anyways, um, they, you know, they put her hands together and then they roped her to a duffel bag in the back that was filled with books and weights and then same thing with her feet she was like completely immobile she couldn't do anything and um so <laughs> at some point vanessa brought her water but apparently so did um letalvis but i thought that was that the, the water point with letalvis was when she offered him uh oral sex.
0: how did vanessa bring her water if she didn't see or hear anything
1: that's a really good
0: question. Like, did she, did, she just, did she just? she just? bring the water in the room and set it down beside her as she's tied and weighted down, just in case you know. Right. She might want that water later. By she might want that water later. I mean Vanessa, because she never
1: saw her Shannon. So yeah. how would well, she, she offer I mean, her water? She had to retract that statement. Seriously? Right? Did that she? Saw need- her, okay. Right? So we 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 know she saw her because you have to. You can't cops aren't that stupid like just people people in general aren't that stupid (laughs) you would really hope not and uh (coughs) but she says okay yeah fine i saw her in the back room i brought her water but she didn't say anything to me you're the only female in the house
0: just nothing
1: and she said nothing to you not let me go not help me not just i just got her some water thank you for the water I'm parched.
0: May I please have some, a beverage? Yeah. I have no idea. Oh.
1: I have no idea. So again, you know, she she <sighs> didn't hear anything, and uh oh, one of my favorite parts when George was first uh, arrested for for all this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. He uh, he said he was sleeping.
0: <laughs> he said he was sleeping. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about,
1: guys. I was asleep. Whole, time, whole weekend actually
0: if you're going to be dumb enough to commit a crime in a group where someone's obviously going to turn on you yeah. do you mm-hmm. not have like a little bit of foresight to maybe compare stories like have you never seen a heist movie yeah. where you, you you know they're going to get busted you know someone's going to turn on you determine the weakest link and all agree to a story
1: and it's like it's so weird because it's like part of this is so they had to have known they were going to do something to these people that night. But then it was like not... I don't know. It's, the, the, the whole thing is,
0: I mean, obviously horrific and, and grotesque, but the just the, the blatant idiotic lies are, it's an insult to well, people's the intelligence. Sheer,
1: the sheer stupidity of all of it. Like, whatever.
0: Tintin, you sorry. Alright, so... Oh... <sighs> George was asleep.
1: Yeah. That was just a fun little side note. Okay. But I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm trying to breathe it out here because we're going to start talking about some stuff. So during <sighs> Vanessa's, I, I, I heard nothing statement. Um, they, they are doing the um, examination part of the, the autopsy. autopsy report. And that was when we really got a clear picture of what happened to Chandler. I don't think we want a clear picture. Um, so they were doing slides, and you know, I didn't see any of the slides. I don't ever want to see any of the slides. It was hard enough just hearing the testimony. There's
0: some things you just can't unsee once you see.
1: There's some things you can't. Un- Did they show once you these court.
0: slides in the in the in the in the court? Yes. Her poor parents, man.
1: No, oh, yeah, her parents, yeah. <sighs> yeah, Chris's parents too, man.
0: Well, yeah. But his his autopsy, you're not going to get as much out of. Right. So well, his parents were at least spared some indignity. Yeah.
1: So, let's jump into this. So, they, the coroner, giving mm-hmm. her testimony, was explaining things. Um, the bruising, the um. I think she uh, a hematoma mm-hmm. that had developed, and basically giving you a timeline over 36 hours of, of what Shannon had to endure. Um, <clears throat> so during um, Vanessa's trial, uh, she had stated that, uh, you know, the guys came back and. F- I mean, there's not a nice way to say it, but basically all the guys had a turn. And, um, you know, that's, that's where I start really getting baffled by her statement that she just didn't hear anything. And then it was, well, Talvis was waving a gun at me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, I feel like all of them somehow turned into victims themselves, which to me is not the viable excuse. No, there are five people. Five well, there are people. four of you that sat there and said that there was something wrong with what was happening, but all four of you did nothing. More. It was all this in one, dude. Whatever. So back to the coroner. They, she, you know, all the bruising, she was mutilated um, in her genitalia. Um, sodomized in her genitalia. Sodomized on the other side in her anus. Uh, raped orally. So bad so that she had damage to the back of her throat. And they actually ripped her upper lip. But, you know, she was offering oral sex, right? For her freedom.
0: Her poor dad and mom and siblings I, and anyone that knew her yeah, and no, the general her public her friend, that had to hear it. Her
1: best friend had to jump up and run out of the She couldn't take it. Gosh, I, no. I could never, dude. I could never. No. Not? No. No. The mental stability alone of the parents that had to sit there and listen to that, like, I don't even know. So, they get through all this chaos, and like, oh, sh- dude, I'll tell you what. If you look at anything, or you watch anything, you have to go to Talvis Cobbins, um, I think it was his, uh, trial, where his dad, her dad, Kenneth's dad, was just sitting there like this, like, rocking. And, like, oh, yeah. he didn't take one look at the autopsy slides. His, he was focused totally on the, on the Talvis.
0: Yeah. I, I remember like, there's not, I I remember a lot about the case. Like I remember hearing about it. Um, I remember news articles. I remember, you know, just everything. But the biggest comment was always that like in these things, you know, parents are grieving, they're, they're crying, they're emotional. And her dad was like laser focused, I think I equated it the other day to like a police guard dog that knows he's about to attack or like a yeah. drug dog that knows he's about to go. And he's just waiting on that command. Go. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Like, like he is every muscle permission. is tense. Yeah. He does not lose focus. He never takes his eyes off of him. And it is, you know, that if he had five seconds. <sighs>
1: Dude. Now, like it, I, I don't even know. It, and, like, I know all the parents were, like, hurt. But for some reason, Channon's dad just, in general, like, kind of stuck with me. Just the way that he... Like, the way he looked during this whole thing was yeah. out of out of control. Um, so, we, we get through the trials, like I said. Marcus death. Boyd, life. Uh, Vanessa wound up originally... Because nobody could really feed in on her her BS. Okay, because like at one point they were trying to discredit the whole. I didn't you, you didn't hear anything. There's no way. With uh, measurements that they took, because you know when they go through and they're um, you know sweeping the house for evidence and all that stuff, they they take measurements of like everything.
0: Yeah. The whole
1: house fit inside the courtroom. It was 850 square feet.
0: It's like an apartment. Yeah. I've lived in apartments. You can hear everything up, down, side to side. Yeah. Literally everything.
1: Yeah. Like so much so that like your loud neighbor. Like what on
0: friends when he used to take the, it, the broom and, like
1: and whack it on the
0: ceiling. <laughs> I know. The old yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. That was my Monica. Nine, I had I, to
1: lean back from the mic because I don't want to like.
0: I can see the spikes, you were so you know, loud. Oh
1: dang
0: it. It's okay. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> you can edit that too, right? But
0: but you know <laughs> what I mean, like That's a small room. There's no way you heard and saw nothing. Like, that's your story.
1: Yeah, or slept through it. (sighs) Ah. I know.
0: Forgot about that one.
1: So, Vanessa got 53 years because nobody saw through her crap.
0: Good. She'll be Uh, old wrinkled hag when she gets out.
1: No. Again, we'll have to get there in a minute.
0: Oh, good.
1: I know. So, um, Cobbins, right? Vanessa's boyfriend. Yeah, Vanessa's boyfriend, by the way. And apparently she shouldn't hear that either. Whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't know. These guys are just such assholes.
0: What's your one swear for the day?
1: it. You might need to edit it out. I'm not- <laughs> we'll see. Alright, we'll see. I don't know. Alright. So. Cobbins got uh, Life Without parole. Okay. So the only time at any point where they like the court actually fell silent and was like happy about any of this was when they said death for LaMarcus, but that's neither here nor there you know that's maybe a different topic for a different day but um i'm gonna get back to my friend george here who threw boyd under the bus
0: okay mr i sleep i was gonna say george is is the sleeper he's the sleeper okay
1: so at some point during all of this uh he woke up okay and you know, even though he was sleeping, is what he told his girlfriend. Now, when he got arrested, they they all fled back to where they came from, which was Kentucky. That was Latalvis, George, and uh, Vanessa. Okay. So they were found in Kentucky and detained there. Okay. And so he made a phone call to his then-girlfriend and, you know, pretty much telling her, you know I, don't know, I don't know what happened. Like, I was asleep, and then all of a sudden, like, he wasn't asleep. And she was like, "I don't understand what's going on right now. Like, like, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you leave?" And he's like, "We did leave." Now, this is a recorded phone call from the jail to his girlfriend. He was like, "But then, you know, we all had to go back, and and this and that." At this point, his girlfriend is furious.
0: Good for her. Thank you.
1: And she's like, I cannot believe that you didn't do anything to help that girl. She did not, uh, What? how did she say? She, she did not deserve anything that happened to her, G. She was like, I don't understand why you didn't do anything. And he seriously said, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't. Ah. Uh. So you know that moment where, like, his, okay, I see it, him listening to it in his own trial. So you are saying you are asleep, but should have, could have, would have, didn't.
0: That is the that, no. He uh, he literally
1: retracted it almost as soon as he said it because now we now know, based on his own testimony, he was with Boyd when he killed Chris.
0: I am, I am, I am, I am, I am having trouble keeping the lies in order. It is hard. So it? George is the sleeper. George is the sleeper, yes, and he's also the one that. Um, he was held. At, was he the one that said he was held at gunpoint? No, Vanessa was. No, 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 no. At the at the train tracks with Chris.
1: No, I was referencing that was a hypothetical. Even okay, if, even if he was holding you at gunpoint, like okay, you, there were multiple opportunities to get away from him. But
0: it would not have been crazy for him to say that because yeah, right.
1: Did you both walk back up at the same time to go get the guy? Ga- like, forget it. Okay, like, whatever. <sighs> Should have could have whatever. But didn't yeah so i would say that's all for our podcast tonight but it's not um that all went down in 2009 so it was 2007 8 nine, before so it was a couple years before the trials actually yeah came came to pass um as always and so not not too long after all this uh comes to light that the judge that was sitting on the bench was on drugs
0: Fantastic. Yeah. It was opioids, right? Opioids.
1: Yep. Prescriptions. I think.
0: Which means all his Irrelevant. cases are it, it pretty matter. much up for grabs. <clears throat>
1: yeah. All of his sentencing, everything was just you know whatever. Then they start claiming it was unfair, anyways, because the juries, the jurors, were all from Knoxville. Everybody knew about the case. Yeah.
0: I don't care if they're from Antarctica. You're not going to listen to this, right? Crap.
1: Well, they're basically saying that people are are being impartial because we live here.
0: Would be impartial because you were inhumane in your treatment to another human being on the planet.
1: Right, like you're just a prick. Like anybody, anybody with a mind in their head is going to see through your bull. Yeah, but not to them. Then they, um, they denied uh, Lamarcus a retrial, and he he has had like so many different uh, court hearings to try to like. He's the yeah, one. He wants death off the table, in a nutshell.
0: Well, it's it's <laughs> it is currently 2022. Yeah, this happened in 2007. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to death in 2009. Yes, I'm not a mathematician, but he's been sitting there a while,
1: right? On death row, like, can can we just do it already? Like, why do we have to go through so many? I don't know. Man. I, like again, I'm going to advocate for the family because, like. We know, we know, dude did it. Okay, this is like beyond reasonable doubt. Like it's fact at this point. And I know, like, okay, Vanessa got uh, retrial, right? Mm -hmm. They friggin' acquitted her from the stuff that happened to Chris. Now, let me just tell you something. First of all, during the main piece, which is why I tried to talk more about Shannon and Chris than than most people did. Is because I feel like Chris. What happened to Chris was so almost like ignored. It was like just really quick. He was raped, sodomized. Then he was shot. We slowed down. Then he was shot in the back of the head. Then he was set on fire. Right. But no, you but, didn't like, hear more, anything it was, like, a about hot Chris. Skip and a step over this, the sodomy and the things that happened to him. Like like
0: because I, it's, get, I get
1: it. Like he's a guy. Like I get that.
0: But, nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, especially back in two thousand seven.
1: And it's it's a hard thing to discuss in in any regards It doesn't matter but if you're if it's happening to a friggin' dog, like nobody you.
0: If you're if you're if you're if you're sexually abused against your will, it doesn't matter what gender you are what what gender you identify with, you're still raped. Yeah. And you deserve to have A, your story told. Yes. And you don't deserve to be a footnote because it makes people uncomfortable. Your life mattered. Your death mattered. It mattered to his family. It mattered to his friends. He wasn't a footnote just because it makes you uncomfortable to hear the details of what happened to him. The details of what happened to Shannon were just as horrific and those that got splashed everywhere, people talked about them. People, you heard about them on the news. You heard about them everywhere. You heard about them. It was in the news. It was in the. It was in the media. It was in newspaper. Thank God, social media wasn't a thing back then. But, you know, if it if it had been on social was, it media, was, it was
1: all over Facebook. But it wasn't like it wasn't like it
0: was. But Facebook wasn't like it was now. That's when you had to have like a college email to get on. Um. Yeah, because we I got married a fr- to my husband in two thousand and eight. Your brother. And that's when Facebook was, like, really becoming, like, I remember Facebook becoming a thing right about when I got married or right before I got married. Mm-hmm. But it still wasn't popular. Like, you played mob wars. Yeah. So, but you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't splashed everywhere. It wasn't like it is today. It wasn't like a, its own media huge powerhouse. Yeah. But the point is, everyone talked about Shannon. Everyone talked about in horrific detail what happened to her. Right, and
1: all of this stuff was recounted, not to mention the fact that, like, I had told you at the beginning that she was found in a bin, but I didn't really complete that story. No goody. So, I'll I'll just do that super fast because I feel like it wasn't bad enough what happened to her, but the way that she was... I, I'm going to say it for lack of a better word because it's how she was treated. She was thrown away.
0: Yeah, they the put her in a garbage bin.
1: Away. And I'm like... So after after all the stuff that happened to her, the beatings, and... She, I mean, she was bleeding from literally... Everywhere. Yeah. They don't bleach down her throat to try to get rid of DNA.
0: Which she was alive for, correct? Yeah, she
1: was alive. They dumped it all over her body, so all of these, like, you know, wounds that were open that I was telling you about earlier from the autopsy... Jeez, bleach. I mean, I can't... You know she was screaming her head off. Like, how did the neighbors not even hear this? You... Like... There's no there's
0: there's no physical way. Like if you if you Google Earth, Chitwood, Street Chit- Road, Chipman, yeah. whatever, in Knoxville, Tennessee, because Google Earth, you can see everything now. Yeah. Google Earth, Chipman, Tennessee, or Chipman Avenue or Road or whatever it is in Knoxville, Tennessee, the houses aren't, you know, it's not huge, luxurious houses that are, you know, got a, an acre and a half. These are very close together neighborhoods therefore people can hear like there there's no way they didn't hear and everyone just big
1: city scenario where it's like i could reach out my window and touch my neighbor's house it's it's that kind of yeah it's it's not like what we're used to (sighs) they actually demolished that house by the way good like nobody in that area wanted that house you think yeah so they actually they demolished the house and um they put a memorial up for for the two of them like nothing sits there right now it's just it's a in in remembrance of of the two of Chris and um Jim.
0: both parties who were brutally brutally assaulted and 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 died
1: yeah. but she was still alive gosh and so they put a bag around her head a white like a like a Walmart bag you know Mhm tied it in the back and then shoved her into five over large uh trash bags
0: so literally, like she was. Like
1: threw her away like she was. A piece garbage. of garbage. And then they, they crammed her into the bin. They said her neck was broken.
0: And left her there. She was, yeah. She was That's bound, how they found she her. She was
1: bound fetal position. So when she asphyxiated, it was not a slow death because she was alive when they put her in. God. And so like. Like. Her poor parents. Okay, like, you know how like for like crucifixion. Mm-hmm. They say that you, it, it's, it's the breathing thing. It'd be like uh, being constricted to like by a yeah, anaconda like about, or something, yeah. right? It's like every deep breath you take. It's
0: everything you've got.
1: It shortens your breath. yeah. And then it's like. So every it's she, every time
0: you exhale, your lung space gets smaller. smaller.
1: Okay. So that's literally what's happening to this girl if she's, as she's dying. She doesn't have the will with all to raise up to be able to take more breaths. And they said Gosh. that it took anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes before she finally passed. Good night. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, even during these retrials where like just that alone. Just that alone. Yeah. That they would like they literally just put her in there and they all left the house.
0: Okay, I'm gonna get on my soapbox real quick. Again, a different soapbox. But You have so I have opinions. a lot of opinions and but I have I'm very strong opinions. But mine are kind of douchey. Here's my thing. So she was brutally tortured for 36 hours. Mm-hmm. She had bleach poured all over her body. She was forced to drink bleach. They poured it all over her open wound body. Yes. Then they put a trash bag over her head while she was still alive, yes. bound her, put her, put five trash bags over her still alive, and then put her in a trash receptacle, a large trash bin mm-hmm. like people have in their garage, put the lid on it and left her there to suffocate. Yes. I'm sorry, and if you know i if 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 someone did that to a dog, oh yeah, Out, people outrage. would be outraged, and the fact that and I'm not saying it's okay to do that to an animal, but the fact that a human life matters less to a lot of people really, really bothers me, mm-hmm. like we have funds to save every kind of 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 endangered species.
1: But not kids being trafficked.
0: But not oh, human really, yeah. beings yes. that deserve the same amount of respect that we give animals.
1: Right.
0: If not a little more. Mm-hmm. And we are more outraged when a dog is put in a, in a fight, a dog fight club, which is awful. Don't get me wrong. I've got another soapbox about that, but we'll save that. But we get more outraged over that than when humans are completely dehumanized assaulted slowly tortured to death
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how is that okay that's my soapbox i don't i don't i'm not really asking for an answer because there is no answer that i'll find acceptable but that that's that's a big soapbox for me like human lives matter
1: all human lives matter period and it's not it's not even like a like these these two were victims. From the word go, they were victims. Yeah. But to try to place yourself in your trial defending your behavior as you were also a victim pisses me off. But and whatever. I And
0: I like to say, you said this when we recorded the first time, which we had to scrap. Um I think it's I think it's important to note that, you know, everybody's fallible. Everybody, you know. Drug abuse, whether it is because you chose that path, because you were doing a recreational and you got hooked or because you had an accident and you had painkillers and you were overprescribed and then you got hooked. I get I get their reasons. I have very close family and friends that have drug addiction or have struggled with drug addiction. The judge screwed up. Everybody steps in stupid at one point. Every time you step in stupid, no matter who you are, you affect people around you. It's just how large the ripples are. His ripples were large from his. But I think it's important to note, how many hours of court sessions did the family and friends of these two victims have to sit through and recount the last horrific moments of their their loved one's lives?
1: There's actually... Have a number for you. I know. Uh, 350 trials.
0: So 350 times. It's not even hours. 350 and it's not, times. Like,
1: yeah. It's like yeah. just
0: different sessions, like not court cases. Like 350 times they to sit in a courtroom and, and he, hear that these people had a bad childhood or a bad upbringing or whatever the excuse was. And they had to recount the last moments of their kid's life. Are their friend's life, are their their siblings' life? Yeah, their
1: loved one. I think it was Channon's mom. After they got Vanessa Coleman's uh, second sentence, and they were pissed. Uh, yeah, rightly. Okay. She got between twenty-five to forty years, with opportunity of parole after ten. <laughs> so she's oh, she has now been over for per- parole twice now and been denied both times. And, good. And that mom and that dad were both like, "I'll be, I'll sit in every friggin' one of them to make sure she's."
0: I'm sorry. If and, 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 if I was a criminal that did, if I were one of these five, and her dad stared me down like that, I don't think I'd want uh, yeah, to I, ever I, get I
1: would, out. <laughs> I feel maybe a little more protected being in jail. Yeah, because he literally <sighs> that mom said in in her her comments to Vanessa. I think it, it was at her first hearing when she was trying to get pulled. She was like, "What you did." To my daughter and to Chris was a lifetime of hurt for me. Gosh, yes. And you get like a couple of years. She was like, every time I have to sit in this courtroom and hear that story again, my daughter dies every time.
0: Her daughter dies over. every day. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, I don't remember. You can't,
1: like, you said it before. Like, you can't unhear that.
0: No, but there, there was one I was listening to. I've done a lot of research. When I wanted to start a true crime podcast, I had to, you know, listen to hours upon hours, um, obviously, while I was at work to listen to uh, different podcasts. But I don't remember which one I said. I've got three of my top faves, but one of them was talking about a mom whose daughter was miss like they never recovered the body. It was years and years. The mom dedicated her whole life to it. But she said every like she tried to wear herself out. She'd keep herself up and she'd do all these things to stay busy. Because anytime she laid down at night, she'd remember. And then the only peace she ever felt was in the morning for like the first five seconds when you forget the reality you live in. Yeah. And then it all comes crashing back. Like this first few seconds you wake up and you don't remember that your kid's gone. Your kid was brutally taken away from you. Like you've got five seconds of peace. And then it all just comes crashing back. Like, just the reality of every birthday, every holiday, every date, every event, every time. Like, my family does Sunday lunch every Sunday. Most of my family, if not all my family, they are together kids, siblings, wives, spouses. If you, anytime you have a family dinner, that spot's missing. Mm-hmm. It's always a reminder.
1: Yeah. Always. And all it takes is, like, one thing to just trigger a memory to, like.
0: Listen, I've told my brothers they have to live within, like, a 10-mile radius of me or I will <laughs> find them and bring them back. I like my family close.
1: Yeah. You know, I like, couldn't imagine. Really, really, close uh, families, did you know that uh, Talvis's sisters
0: testified for him? Of course they did. Because he was a really good kid. I'm sure he was a great kid. Yeah. This is me. the one that was left alone with Shannon yeah. and did not assist her, did not call for help. Tried to blame her and besmirch her name, saying that she offered sexual favors to him mm. to help her. And he did nothing to help her. He's the good kid, right? It's, yeah. his, it's his big bad brother, Marcus, that was the bad one.
1: I could not sit in a courtroom with either one of my brothers and listen to them testify what he testified and, and allow him to live
0: you're the first one to slap your brothers when they're stupid it's quite actually i'm married to her brother and any time he is being mean or unreasonable let's say um i call and tell on him like he wanted to,
1: <laughs> i do i'm taking my ball and i'm going home
0: yeah <laughs> i i'm gonna i'm telling like literally i don't tell him that but you know i call lisa and i'm like hey Let's talk for a few minutes and pretend like this is just a happy conversation. And I'm like, huh, huh, you want to know what your brother did last night? Let me tell you what he did. He was mean, and he got mad. And and I said that we shouldn't buy, you know, a brand new motorcycle. And he wants to buy a motorcycle, and he got kind of mad that I said no. And I tell on him, and she yells at him. And that's what I do. <laughs> so, yeah, you see, if you're going to yell at your brother for being unreasonable about not buying a motorcycle.
1: Listen, what accountability, you- buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important. I don't know. Like, I just, I really couldn't fathom sitting there listening to my brother's testimony and then get up on stage, stage, not stage, and we like in the courtroom and be like, yeah, man, like, he's such a great guy. I'd be like, all right. He was the best water cooler in kindergarten. You guys should uh, arrest me right now. Um, before I get to him first, like
0: actually arrest me, like, let me go to jail just for a minute. Let me let me hug my brother goodbye.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let me, right around the minute. It's gonna be a long hug. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! I'll tell you what, Faith. This is like I said, man. This is such an uncomfortable, really crappy story. And like I said, there are just so many different things that I cannot get out of my head, now, I'm gonna tell you, man. That uh, Chana's dad was. Is that
0: her dad was, I mean, all you have to do is look up Shannon Christensen's dad. If
1: I could, like, rub the genie bottle and grant that man a wish, I really, really think that his wish would be give me give me 10 minutes with this guy. That's all you need. All of them. Just give me 10 minutes.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to— Peel
1: gonna, his skin from yeah, his flesh.
0: I am not going to get into, like, the specifics of if I believe in the death penalty or if I don't. And corporal punishment and all that stuff, Uh-oh. but there's a podcast I listen to, mm-hmm. and it's called Gruesome. It's amazing. You should try it out. They're way better than I am, um, <laughs> but they've you know I did a lot of research on them. Um, but one of the girls says that any time like there is a a trial like this, she's always like, I think the parents should have five minutes. Just open a door, give the parents five minutes with the person that, you know, did this to their child and pretend like that never happened. And I agree.
1: I don't think five minutes though.
0: you think her dad need- needs more than five minutes?
1: She had have to deal with that for 36 hours. And most normal people, if they're going to have that time, are not going to sodomize <laughs> somebody, okay? They're just going to get their butts kicked. Like, yeah, just, I mean, just I am going to wear out my knuckles on your face. Because they don't, uh, they, 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 uh, they just don't care about people.
0: They don't they don't care what they did. Like there was no remorse. None. There was no. It was a, excuses, a whole lot of fake
1: tears, even even from the the like the, the sisters that were t- like they kept wiping on the the fake. Everybody can do that. I don't know if they could hear that in the mic. I don't know if I was close enough. But like
0: you don't want to hear that in the mic. <laughs> Shut
1: up. But, like people try to fake emotion. Like nobody can tell that you're faking emotion.
0: You can tell true emotion. Yeah. Her like, one dad one had threat. true emotion. Yeah. Shannon's mother had true emotion. Christopher's mother had true emotion. Christopher's father had true emotion. You know, I can tell when my six year old is lying. Right. I can tell if that little six year old is legitimately sorry for what she did or sorry for what she got caught. And that's all I say, you're not sorry you did that, you're sorry you got caught. And she'll yeah. say, Yep. Yeah.
1: Kids are also stupid enough to admit though. You know, not it's no actually I'm not gonna say stupid enough. It it
0: kids aren't corrupted they're humble, enough.
1: Yes, humble enough and not corrupted enough. And like just to me it's such cowardice. Just strong cow like you're you're a coward. Yeah. You you screwed up. Admit it. The parents have absolutely no real idea what happened and who did what. And suck I, you know it what? Up, I don't suck it up, tell the friggin' truth, and reap what you suck.
0: I don't think it matters who did what at, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, those two kids, because they were kids, yeah, they can never be replaced. Nope. They can never get back the lives that were taken from them. The time that was stolen from their parents. Yeah. And quite frankly, the, the injustice that, that was done to Christopher as being a, just a, a footnote in the story.
1: In like... I think I made a statement at one point too. like with all the fabrications of all these testimonies and all the finger pointing and all the garbage and the fact that not not one of them had the same story leads me to believe that every single one of them took part in what happened. And I really, truly believe that it was whether it wasn't meant to go that far or not. They all had their turn and it just, it, it just, the excitement grew. It was a gang mentality, mob mentality, whatever you want to call it. And they were following one right after another. And then once, once, once the high wore off, they, they, they ran because they were scared because they knew.
0: They knew that they did what was wrong. They yeah. just didn't care. And then they
1: come up and here, like, and they, they cry a little bit on the stand or they're like, oh, I didn't see anything or I was a victim too. And you didn't like break the- a vase,
0: dude. Yeah. You took two lives. Right. Like, I'm sorry covers it when you are, you know, you break your neighbor's window. Right. I'm sorry is when you're illegally texting on your cell phone and rearing the person in front of you at a red light. Right. Or nudge, per se. Nudge. That's an I'm sorry. Yeah. There is no I'm sorry when you devastate two
1: families. Mm-hmm.
0: There is no I'm sorry. That doesn't cut it. There is nothing that cuts it.
1: Nope.
0: I am sorry. at least man up. For them.
1: Yeah. I am too.
0: I'm sorry that both of their lives were footnotes. I'm sorry, especially for Chris that was a footnote. I'm sorry that their lives are just pretty much forgotten except by those that love them. Yeah. And anything that they could have done to change this world for the better was taken from all of us. Yeah, we'll never know. Well, that ended a lot heavier than it did the first recording.
1: Yeah. But I think we, we, we also went a little bit deeper this time. And so, like, well, <sighs> you know, you can mess around. And you can crack jokes about just stupid criminals or whatever it's still like. At the end of the day, there's nothing funny.
0: There's not a single thing funny.
1: There's nothing to recover from. What a human being is capable of doing to another human being, and that's that's for every
0: every umbrella of every killer
1: and every murderer, every rapist, every
0: government.
1: Yeah, even government.
0: Look at Russia's doing to Ukraine. Yep.
1: What we do to each
0: other is there's no excuse for how humans treat other humans because at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what gender you identify are as you are biologically. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter any of that. No. We are all human and we give more consideration to abused animals than we do to abused people. And it's not excusable. Apparently, didn't get off that soapbox. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, That's like my biggest soapbox, dude. You're getting wet. <laughs>
1: like, <sighs> well, it's all right. It's all right. I, and I agree. Like, I I we need We've, to land on a better note here. We
0: do. Um, so you're, you're if uh, I'm
1: going to take down your soapbox, if that's okay.
0: The soapbox is gone. Right. We've gone a little over time.
1: Yeah, there's a horse still over there, by the way. I am,
0: yeah. I've, 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 we can't say I beat that horse. But that's <laughs> not an appropriate saying right now when I'm just talking about people get upset about abusive animals. I do not <laughs> condone that, abusing animals. are a saying. But it's not appropriate well, in I, I, this what are you say of, about
1: like the chair that's sitting next to uh, me? It's an inanimate object that's part of life.
0: I'm not gonna say how much of Lisa's words I have edited out that you are now listening to, but I'm gonna go and guess. It's like, a healthy amount of guys, her... You you are
1: always gonna know because I get excited, I start talking faster. Okay. And, and then, then all, all of a sudden you'll be... off,
0: okay? <laughs> All of a sudden you'll hear Lisa get really excited, and then it'll go back to calm. That means I've, I've just cut out <laughs> about 15 minutes of a rant, is what it means. But, you know. You don't
1: even know rants, okay? I do know rants. I like,
0: have known you for 13 no, you, years. No,
1: you see, you cut me off right at the friggin' legs, Faith. Okay? Because okay. you were sitting here, and you're like, five minutes alone. I could have gone into so many different torture techniques that we could use for these people.
0: And example 952, Just, why I have to edit Lisa. No. When I figure yeah, out how to like, edit. If I not, thought, you're going to get this all in its I, uncut glory, and I, I apologize. Well... I appreciate no, you.
1: Will Smith smacked the hell out of
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon, dude. I think it's so, it's,
1: too, it's too uh,
0: Okay. Good night, guys. Well, good night. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments that are nice and kind and sweet, you can send that to True crime at gmail.com. If you have mean things to say. Oh, so no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, edit that out. I just edited out my last name. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, if you have mean things to say, I would prefer you to say them the same way I respond to any text message I receive in your head and then never send it because I get my feelings hurt quite easily. Yep. But no, actually,
1: well, feel pause, free to send
0: yeah. anything. This is our first one, guys. Look,
1: I'm a human and I have opinions and
0: I hope them. Hopefully, we will get better as time goes on. If not, this is about what you can expect. Um, but anyway, thanks so much for listening to Twisted Tales. And we will see you next Thursday. Or you will hear us next Thursday. We will never swap see you. Now. Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye.